everybody it's friday welcome back to horn takes friday means it's a weekend weekend means we got weekend baseball welcome back to another edition of the bullpen texas wins a home series with kansas state played a midweek home and home with texas state and now they're getting ready to go on the road they're probably already on the road they got a road series against baylor this weekend Let's do a little recap of the Kansas State series. They won the series 2-1. to one. However, I thought it was a pretty disappointing series. It should have been an easy sweep for Texas. Really, it, it, what should have been an easy sweep and, and what was a series win could have just as easily been a series loss. Uh, in game one, they had a five-run eighth to boost them to a 6-5 to five win. Uh, they had five of their total 10 hits in that eighth inning, a single, three doubles, and one triple. All that on basically 10 pitches, roughly 10 pitches. I don't know the exact pitch count, but it happened really fast. If you're Kansas State, you got to be thinking, wow. We had a 5-1 to one lead, and in about 10 pitches, and really a couple of minutes, it was a 6-5 to five loss. K-State then comes back on Saturday, and they have their own big seventh inning to pull ahead for their own 6-5 to five win. Pitching for Texas was a big part of that big seventh inning. Two walks, three hits surrendered, and a wild pitch by that Texas bullpen in the seventh inning. And then... In the Sunday game, Texas absolutely blasts Kansas State 8-2 to two behind 12 hits, six doubles, two home runs. Interesting game. Pierce gets tossed. So one of our guys, one of the Texas players running down to first got hurt. And so the trainer went out to see him. And the umpire, actually, the plate umpire called some kind of delay penalty or actually – it's not even a delay. They charged Texas with a timeout because the because the batter wasn't in the batter's box. He wouldn't get into the batter's box. Uh, but like I said, there was a hurt player. There were they were attending to a hurt player. So I don't know what that was about. Anyway, David Pierce loses his fucking mind, gets kicked out of the game, which he he tends to do that. Uh, he's a fiery dude, and I think he's a dude that uh, a lot of people. A lot of people don't get along with. I think he rubs people the wrong way. And so anytime he gets in a sort of heated conversation, he's about to get tossed. The interesting thing was is all-American boy Eric Kennedy. You know, I don't I don't know Eric Kennedy personally. I don't know his family personally. Seems like a really good guy. Seems like a good kid just based off of what you typically see on a of him on the baseball field. He got rung up on a really bad, really, really bad strike three call and said something to the umpire, and then he got tossed. Uh, And then Eric Kennedy didn't look a whole lot like a nice young man 
that we all think Eric Kennedy is after that. He got he got pretty heated. So Texas missed an opportunity for a for a clean sweep there. Uh they got the series win. I guess that's, you know, that's the important thing. You win series. Uh you're, you even your starting pitching as good as it may be, it's not going to always show up. You see it in major league baseball, you see it across college baseball. Even even really good pitching staffs sometimes they have an off day and and uh that's what happened with Texas cost them the sweep there. I think the more alarming thing to me in that series and this has been a problem going back to the Oklahoma State series, 30 strikeouts for Texas hitters in this series. 10 a game average. So Texas doesn't have a lot of time to rest, less than 24 hours. They play a midweek home and home with Texas State. They go down to San Marcos, win game one, five to two. They had seven hits, three doubles, eleven strikeouts in that game. Uh, the cool thing about this game, if you've been following this show or following Texas baseball and you really understand baseball, Texas has kind of lived and died by that home run ball. And this was a game, and they had, you know, they had, they did the same thing against Kansas State a couple times, but this was a game where. They just manufactured runs by hitting the ball. No home runs for them in this game. But again, they did have 11 strikeouts. That kid from, it was the second kid that came out from for Texas State. I don't remember his name. Uh, he pitched a hell of a game. Uh, he, he did a really good job of keeping Texas uh, at bay uh, and keeping that game close. Ultimately, they just they just didn't have enough bats in that game and they didn't, they didn't have enough pitching to to keep Texas from scoring. Then both teams travel back to Austin, which it's not that far. We're talking thirty minutes, thirty mile bus ride. They lose game two, nine to three. They got throttled. Uh, they struck out thirteen times in this game. They did have two home runs and an RBI double. I think the interesting part about this game was the pitching was a who's who of who the hell is that. Uh, a lot of guys out of the bullpen that we have not seen very much of. Some we haven't seen at all this season through in this game. And they got beat up pretty bad. So there's a reason why we didn't see those guys. And we haven't seen much of those guys. They're just not very good. That group of guys that threw in that game too. Ace Whitehead started that game. He he did all right. Uh, Ace Whitehead... Uh, Hell of an arm, a good fastball, good good off speeds, but stuff to play off of that fastball. He just has some consistency problems like a lot of college pitchers do. So they split a midweek with Texas State. I, I don't understand why we're scheduling two-game midweeks this far into the season. I, I, don't, I honestly don't understand why we're scheduling two-game midweeks ever. Uh, it doesn't make sense. You already, as a, a college baseball team, already doesn't have enough pitching to really effectively play a midweek game. And then you're going to throw two midweeks in there back-to-back. I, I don't know. I don't understand why we do that. A lot of a lot of folks do that. I know Texas Tech just went on the road to Stanford to play uh, a, a little two-game series with Stanford. They split that with Stanford. Point being, I I don't think you can garner too much from from the second game of this. Not not just because it was a loss for Texas, but 
just simply because both teams uh, are just out of pitching at that point. Uh, Texas wasn't able to take advantage of it, and I think I, I think that's a concern going forward with this team. Baylor series, uh, this this should be a this should be a sweep if I'm being honest. Baylor sitting second to last in the Big Twelve. They got a four and eight record in conference, so they're twelve and twenty overall. They got swept by Oklahoma State. Got swept by Kansas. Getting swept by Oklahoma State is probably not that bad of a deal, but getting swept by Kansas in baseball—that's rough. They did win a series against Kansas State, and they won a series against Oklahoma. As a team, they're hitting two forty-nine. They got a 6.81 team ERA. It's not very good. Got games tonight, Saturday and Sunday. Tonight at 6.30, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Excuse me, tomorrow at 2 p.m. And then Sunday at 1 p.m. My prediction for this series, I think think Texas is going to win the series. Uh, But it's on the road. Texas hasn't been great on the road this year. So I feel like this is one of those series that Texas should go sweep. But since we're talking about going on the road, and since right now Texas just – I mean, Texas is either busting home runs right now or they're they are striking out. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if Baylor, who is a just not a – I mean, they're a far inferior team, honestly. And that doesn't mean anything. It, Baylor could win the series, and if they did, good for them. Uh, what I'm saying is, if you look at the rosters, you look at the talent on these teams, Texas should go in and sweep. They should definitely win the series. But they might end up dropping one. Who knows? We'll see. A little state of the team address for right now. Uh, I try to do this every week, just talk about my thoughts generally on the team. Uh, Texas 24 and 11 at the halfway points, just about the halfway point. These guys lost seven games before March 6th by a combined 19 runs. And one of those was a 10 point loss to Vandy in the baseball classic in Arlington. And that was a game where Texas had five errors total. And I think they had three or four errors in the second inning of that game that just really sent Vandy off to a big, big lead. Since then, they've only had four losses by a combined 11 runs. So that when this team loses, they're not, they're not getting beat up on. And I think that's, that's a good thing. I mean, I think that's a testament to the pitching. Uh, the pitching keeps them close in games. The pitching also has had a tendency to, to sort of cost them some games. You're talking about we are talking about your your closer or your setup guy coming in and walking a lot of guys, which is which has happened quite a bit here lately. That, that's not good. You don't want your closers walking people. You don't want any pitchers walking people, but you certainly don't want your closers and your setup guys walking a lot of people. You don't want to see a lot of wild pitches in those situations. I mean, I would rather a guy just groove one right down the middle, challenge a hitter, and that hitter respond 
with a great play of his own, a great at bat of his own, a great swing of his own, put the ball in play and lose that way, then they'll just die by a million jabs with walks and wild pitches. So so there's definitely some stuff to work on. I think generally the pitching has still been pretty good. They got a really good team ERA. They're in the top 10 in team ERA. Lately, the team has been a little bit less bomber bust. I said something about they were bomber bust last week on the show, and, and all I mean by that is they really rely – I mean, they're a lot like last year's offense, except they're not as good at hitting home runs as last year's offense. So they had 45 hits since their Kansas State series. So the last five games, 45 hits, that's pretty good. And again, they were able to string some hits together to beat K-State. They were able to string some hits together to beat Texas State. So they weren't solely relying on the long ball. It, it, really, you watch this team, the games they win are the games where they hit some home runs maybe, but they're also able to to manufacture some runs by by hitting the ball, timely hitting with runners in scoring position. When you see them lose, it's generally because they're not doing that. They're not hitting home runs. They're not stringing hits together. Or they're not getting those hits with runners in scoring position. Huge concern for me for this offense right now. Way too many strikeouts. 54 Ks over five games. I don't know. I tried to go look and see if I could find a stat, like a a list of the D1 schools and where they sit in that stat. How many strikeouts per game? I couldn't find anything. Doesn't mean it's not out there. I think 10 per game is probably not good. I, I would I would think that I would think 10 per game, actually a little north of 10, but it's really 11 per game, close to 11 per game. I would think that's not good because you get, I mean, you only have to send 27 people up to the plate, depending, 27 or 24, depending if it's a home game or an away game. And then you're going to get your hits, you're going to get your walks. So let's say there's 30 or 40 at-bats. That's probably 40, 40, 45 at-bats in a game. And you're striking out 10 of those? It's pretty rough. I think Pierce still trying to figure out that weekend rotation. Obviously, Lucas Gordon, he's the, he's the ace. He's the Friday night guy, and he's done really well this year. He's had he's had a couple of games where he struggled a little bit, but he's always been able to pitch through it uh, and give the Texas uh, Longhorns a, a lot of good innings, uh, keep the team in the game. Staley, he's the he's the Saturday guy. He's been consistently the Saturday guy. He started off season as the Sunday guy, moved to the Saturday position, and and uh, he's been there consistently. He's when he's on, he's really good. He he has his struggles though. But he's been there, and he's he's. It looks like he's gonna be there now. The Sunday starter, who the hell knows? Hurley started Sunday against Tech. 
LBJ started Sunday against Oklahoma State, and then Hurley started again on the K-State series. So I don't know. Maybe maybe every other series he's going to get. Maybe that's a matchup thing. I really don't know. I I don't. I've never heard of with your starter looking for matchups like that, but maybe maybe David Pierce is living in what is it three thousand and eight. So we'll see who who he trots out this Sunday to pitch. I think both of those guys are good options. They both pitched well. They both got good stuff. So this far into the season, we can we can kind of start. You know, we we started the the season and we 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 waited to see a few games and we said this team is probably going to be a five hundred team. And then then we looked at that home stretch that they went on where they won sixteen straight games. They swept Texas Tech. They did go up to Stillwater and lose a series that they could have easily won. They kind of pissed that one away on Sunday. But they played reasonably well. They played good enough they could have won uh, for for the majority of that series. They could have won the series. So now we had to kind of readjust what we thought the expectations were for this team. And at the time I said, you know, I think this team is probably a team that can contend for the Big 12 championship. But are they really a Big 12 title contender are they a postseason contender like is this a team that can make it originally i was thinking is this a team that can even make it into the postseason now i'm wondering if they can screw it up bad enough to not at least get into the postseason and then what could they do in the postseason you talk about the big 12 they're they're sitting atop of the big 12 right now they're six and three they're two games up on TCU. They got a series with TCU. Uh, I believe it's the last weekend of April. So coming up in a what two or three weeks. Texas Texas has played kind of the meat of the Big Twelve to this point. They've got the series at Baylor this weekend. Then they've got Oklahoma at home. Then they go up to Fort Worth to play TCU, one we just talked about. Then they're at Kansas, and then they got West Virginia at home. Only two of those teams are ranked today. West Virginia and TCU. I think all of those series are definitely winnable. And I think if this Texas team is playing decent baseball in all of those series, they're playing even close to their potential. I think all those series are sweepable. Texas sitting 13 in the RPI right now, so they're up there. However the RPI works, Loves some loves them some Texas. So are they are they Big Twelve title contender? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Are they a postseason contender? I think they keep winning. They're obviously going to get in. Looks like you know if they if they maintain this pace, they're going to host a regional. I think, I think them hosting a super regional, being a, a a top eight seed, is probably a stretch at this point. But we've seen Texas before not host Super Regionals and make it to the College World Series. We, we've we even seen Texas before have to go on the road for a Super Regional and then go win the College World Series. The cool thing about baseball in the postseason is 
almost every single year, the the best teams, all the best teams don't end up in Omaha. There's always seems like there's a team, at least one, that's been talented all year and, and you could kind of see what their potential was and then they just get hot at the right time and they just cruise. Texas has that type of potential. I don't, you know, no one no one should go and say it's probable that that's going to happen, but they have that type of potential. And we talked about it last show. We can get Tanner Witt back, and that guy can get settled in. I, I don't know that he'll be a starter at all this year, but Tanner Witt's a hell of an arm to pull out, out of the bullpen at any point to shut something down or get you a few innings when you need a few innings. They could be tough in a in a tournament format. Baseball question of the week. I had an opportunity to watch a little bit of SEC baseball this weekend. I haven't had a chance to watch too many of those guys play this year. So it got me to thinking, you know, you look at this log jam at the top of the top 25. There's a lot of SEC schools, right? Who's going to win the SEC? I thought to myself. So I started looking at that earlier this week. Like, what what do the records look like? What have the teams done to this point? So I did I did a little bit of research on that. I, I could probably could have done more, but just looking at your your SEC standings right now, Vandy's sitting at eleven and one. South Carolina's sitting at nine and two. Vandy's ranked fourth in the country. South Carolina's ranked sixth in the country. Florida sitting at nine and three in the SEC. They're ranked number three in the country. Kentucky's nine and three in the SEC right now. They're ranked twelfth in the country. Arkansas ranked fifth in the country. They're sitting at eight and four. Then you got LSU, who's ranked number one in the country. They're sitting at seven and four. And then Tennessee, sixteenth ranked team in the country, and they're sitting at five and seven in SEC play. The SEC's got some superlatives. If you look at some of these big statistics that they keep nationally, South Carolina leads the nation in home runs. And I don't know how many home runs that Petrie kid has hit, but that one he hit off Skeen in that game one against LSU was a mash. You got the guy from Florida, Jack, Jock, Caglione, Caglione. I am butchering the shit out of that name. I know I am, so I apologize to that young man. But he leads the nation in home runs with 18. At least he did at the time of this research that I did. LSU and Tennessee lead the nation. They tied with seven shutouts. Dylan Cruz, who's probably going to be the number one draft pick in this year's draft, Leads the nation with a 531 batting average. That is that is absurd. Tommy Tanks. Tommy White leads the nation with 50 RBI. Halfway point. And then Air Force transfer Paul Skeens leads the nation with 83 Ks again at the time of this, this research, which probably did not account for the midweeks this week 
Got some key series coming up this weekend for the SEC and to kind of make some more sense out of who ends up winning the the conference. Tennessee's at Arkansas. Kentucky's at LSU. South Carolina's at Vandy. To me, I think there's four real contenders for the SEC championship this year. I think you've got to look at Vandy and the start they've had. you got to look at LSU, obviously, considered the best team in the country. South Carolina that split with LSU in their home series last weekend. Didn't get to play play one game due to due to weather, I assume. And then you got Florida. Vandy's got South Carolina, Tennessee, and Kentucky, Florida, and Arkansas left. So you look at look at Vandy's record of eleven and one. It looks amazing, but they haven't really played anybody yet. They haven't played any of the other top dog schools. in the SEC. So I, I expect that 11-1 record to get a lot more normal over the course of the next few weekends. LSU's schedule, or excuse me, their record doesn't look that great, 7-4. and four. But they've already played Arkansas, Tennessee, and South Carolina. You look at the remaining series for the SEC outside of Kentucky, their SEC schedule looks pretty easy the rest of the way. So they've kind of already... They're they're like the opposite of Vandy. They they've kind of already played those tougher teams and and it's kind of smooth sailing for them the rest of the way. South Carolina They've already played Georgia, Missouri, Mississippi State, and LSU. They got Vandy, Florida, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Tennessee left. So South Carolina sitting pretty right now. But they also much like Vandy they got to go play a lot of the other bread and butter in the SEC to finish it out. And then Florida. Florida has really not played anybody. Tennessee, best team Florida's played so far. They got SE, Vandy, and Kentucky left. So to me, I think the schedule sets up nicely for LSU. I think LSU is going to be your, your SEC champion. I think Florida has a shot to upset that prediction. I think South Carolina probably has a shot to upset that prediction. That's the bullpen for today, folks. Join us next week on the bullpen. We'll obviously talk about the Baylor series, how that went. We'll talk about... Little midweek with Abilene Christian. Also, join us next week for From the Cheap Seats. We'll talk about the spring game coming up tomorrow, Saturday, April 15th, 1 p.m. on LHN. You can watch the uh, spring game. If you're in the Austin area, I highly suggest getting down there and watching that. It's going to be a good time. Lots of stuff around the stadium for the family. You guys subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you don't want to, Go to Apple Podcasts. You can go to horntakespodcast.buzzsprout.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Horntakes. Find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at Horntakes. You can email me at horntakespodcast at gmail.com with all your questions, comments, criticisms, and concerns. I love them all. Hook them. You guys have a good weekend.